April 10th, Luke chapter 13, verse 22, through chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, The door to heaven is narrow. Work hard to get in, because many will try to enter, but when the head of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. Then you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I do not know you. You will say, But we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you I don't know you. Go away, all you who do evil. And there will be great weeping and gnashing of teeth, for you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets within the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. Then people will come from all over the world to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who are despised now will be greatly honored then, and some who are greatly honored now will be despised then. A few minutes later, some Pharisees said to him, Get out of here if you want to live, because Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on casting out demons and doing miracles of healing today and tomorrow, and the third day I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is left to you empty, and you will never see me again until you say, Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath day, Jesus was in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. The people were watching him closely, because there was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, Well, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? When they refused to answer, Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and asked, Which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you proceed at once to get him out? Again, they had no answer. How's it going, everybody at the Refuge? This is Wes Thompson. Just wanted to stop by... um, You know, we're in a weird time, if you think about just how life normally is. I know that uh, this has put a lot of things in perspective for me as I've been thinking about just the situation of just all the news and everybody in quarantine and everybody uh, staying at home and just it's affected everybody's routine. And I was just thinking about all the problems and things that I used to wrestle with prior to this and it just makes all of that I think feel so much smaller and uh, it's just interesting how life goes that way doesn't it it's like you think your life's bad you think your problems are bad and then something happens that just kind of uproots 
all of the normal aspects of everything you do. And life has a way of doing that sometimes. And um, I think I think for some of us, it can either crush us or it can cultivate a sense of gratitude for what we had. And, you know, it's, it's one of the most uh, famous passages in the Bible, rightfully so, I think. But, you know, I've been, I've been drawn back to Psalm 23, particularly, um, at least for now, the first three verses. And I'm just going to read those to you. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I don't know about you, but I hear those words and not only are they just beautifully written, which matters to me, um, but but they're they're calming. You know, David, the writer of this, um, he was often going through a lot of a lot of difficult circumstances, but maybe a little bit different than ours. I mean, as a king, he, you know, centuries ago, I mean, he was faced with death and and betrayal and just a lot of intense life and death situations, which I know some of you have dealt with or are dealing with. And, um, those are hard. They're sobering. They, they, they bring all of life kind of to the forefront and they can heighten our anxiety and our emotions kind of start to run amok. And it's so fascinating to me that David, in the midst of trouble, can come back to this center, this foundation, this place of calm. And it really starts there in verse one, where he says, he says the source of that calm, the source of that center, the source of his foundation. And it's the fact that the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, the Lord is my guide. The Lord is my anchor. The Lord is the one that fulfills all my all my deepest desires. That these other fleeting things may come and go, and there's much in this world to worry about. At the end of the day, I know that the Lord is guiding me. And I love the second part of the first sentence. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not Because the Lord fulfills those wants. The deepest want of, of our soul, of our life, at the end of the day, it's it can be found in God. And in that, there's this reminder of the fact that life is a bit fleeting, isn't it? And most of the stuff we worry about doesn't really matter all that much. And what matters is our relationships and ultimately our relationship with God. And then there's this beautiful picture in verse two. He makes me lie down 
in green pastures. And doesn't that sound great? I mean, just in the midst of, you know, kind of cold, wet days and, um, and just thinking about being holed up in a house and there's just a bit of uncomfortability to that. And on top of that, we've got this unknown, unseen sickness that everyone is freaking out about. And there's this picture that God gives that, yeah, yeah, I get it. In the midst of all that, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He lies, he, he leads me beside these still, still waters. Or another way to interpret that Hebrew, the Hebrew of that is that he leads me beside waters of rest. That in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of my uncertainty, that in Christ, there's actually rest. And then verse three, he goes on to say, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Because when we're weary and when we're broken and when we're tired and when things are tough, we need to be restored. We need to be renewed. Because oftentimes it's difficulty, right, that leads us to, um, I said it earlier, but just anxiety and fear and, and all of those emotions are so exhausting and we're often in need of restoration. And it's in this kind of place where you have to slow down, you have to stop, you know. Many of us are... Our routine's been blown up and we're not able to interact with people the way that we're used to. And it can be odd, but it's also kind of this weird invitation in the midst of chaos to, to slow down. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his namesake. You know, this kind of alludes to the reality that God is so faithful, meaning he does what he says he's going to do. He's so consistent and he's so honest and he, that, that he, he's so good that he can't go against his promises to us. Those promises that, you know, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. If, if we're his children, if we're his people, right? He, he fights for us. He, he, he goes, he goes to the, the ultimate degree in sacrificing himself for us. And, and it's because of those promises that he leads us to these places of rest, these places of peace. That's what it means. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. It's that he can't go against what he said to us. And what he has said to us is, you know, if we're his kids, he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so for you, whether you're a man or woman in the refuge or a volunteer listening or someone who's on staff, whoever you are, um, you might be holed up in a, in a home today because you're sick. You may be going to work and you're tired and you're just trying to wake up. I don't, know, I don't know where you're at when you're listening to this, but what I know is in these strange times, I hope that you might be encouraged that 
The invitation of Christ right now is set your eyes upon him. Everything else, you know, as the old hymn says, you know, all other ground is sinking sand. And so we should set our sights on the rock, the firm foundation, the one in which we can place all of our hopes and fears and we will not be, we will not be dissatisfied. He will lead us beside these waters of rest. He offers us restoration. He leads us in these right paths. And so my encouragement to you, friends, is think about that. That God is with you even now. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forgotten about you. You are so loved. You are more loved than you could ever imagine. God has been pursuing you and pursuing you and pursuing you no matter where you've been no matter what you've done. Be blessed and know that truth today. Hope all of you have a wonderful day and hopefully we get to talk soon. Thanks.